Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this. Turn up the volume and let's go. I am so excited to be bringing you the first word of 2023. The first word of 2023. That is amazing. And and listen, that's not in my notes. I literally just thought about this is the first word you're hearing from God in 2023. This is exciting. What an honor. And, and, And I'm just super excited to be up here today. Like Miles said, my name is Chad and I serve as the campus pastor right here at our South location. And if I haven't met you, uh, I will today. And I think I'm looking out there. A couple people I see that maybe snuck in that I haven't had a chance to meet, but I want to meet you. I want to say hello to you. I want to get to know you. And I'm so glad that you're starting off your year right here in God's house, right? So how was everybody's New Year's Eve? Good. One person was like, that was good. Everybody else is like, New Year's Eve, I don't even, I, I slept through it or I don't remember it. What, what happened? So where am I? Stay up till midnight, watch the ball drop, ring in the new year, people. Where are those people at? Okay, there are four of you, five of you. That's what I thought. I figured wouldn't have very many of those today. Where am I in bed by nine watching The Office or Grey's Anatomy, people? Yeah, I see you, sir, over there raising your hand when I said Grey's Anatomy. Hey, listen, no shame. I see you. This is a safe place for you. Listen, whatever, whatever you did last night, whether you were up till midnight or in bed at nine, or if there was a little more sparkle than grape juice in your cup last night, whatever you did last year or last week or last night, I'm, I'm so glad that you are here today. And there's a reason that you are here today. And so whatever happened in your past, whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, but you're ready to be, right? Most of the people in this room showing up at the 930 service on New Year's Eve are either a believer, or I'm sorry, New Year's Day, are either a believer or ready to believe in Jesus. And so I'm so excited to see what God has in store for you. So let's jump in. Okay. Have you ever felt that your plans are in sync with God, but God's not in sync with you? I'm going to ask it again. Have you ever felt that your plans are in sync with God, but God is not in sync with you? Let me say it a different way. You know and you feel like what you're doing is what God wants you to do, yet things just aren't really shaping up like you thought they would be. So you know, like, I feel like this is God's plan for my life. I'm not being disobedient. I'm, I feel like I'm listening to God and doing what he's telling me to do, yet things just don't seem right. Things don't seem to be shaping up quite like I thought they would. And so that's happened to me. In fact, it's happened to me recently. So you can take a, a if you're like, I don't know, should I... Is the answer to that question yes or no? If it's yes, does that mean something's wrong with me? No, because it happened to me recently. I think back to 2018. 2018, for me, I felt like I was completely 100% in sync with God's plan and his will over my life. Like I had the job I wanted. I had just kind of gotten out of school and, and, and gotten my first job, one I worked so hard to get. Natalie and I were able, that's my wife, Natalie, we were able to buy our very first house on some land, something we had always wanted to do. Um, I was traveling and seeing the world for the first time. Like we went on some awesome vacations. I, I was able to go on a plane for the first time. We, I went to multiple other country 
countries, really seeing the world. It was so much fun. I, we were finally making good money. Like we weren't broke anymore. We could go to Chipotle and not even think twice about getting queso and extra guac. Like I used to have to check my, anybody there? I used to have to check my bank account before I ordered extra guac. Like, oh, uh, not today. I don't have the money for that today. But we were in a place where like, nah, we can get the extra guac. We can get the queso. We didn't have any debt, just our mortgage on our new house life was really good. But here's the thing, by the end of that year, things had completely changed. We sold that dream house, quote unquote dream house, on the land that we always wanted. We moved into a 600 square foot studio. Everybody say studio. That means it's one big room, if you weren't familiar with what studio meant. We moved into a 600 square foot studio apartment. I wasn't enjoying the job that I had worked so hard to get. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's time for a change. I want, I want out of this career. And then by the next year, I actually quit that job and went tremendously in debt to start a business. And on top of that, we found out we were pregnant with our first daughter. And so life is just chaotic. And oh, by the way, within that same month, the world shut down because of COVID. Wild. So here we are. Natalie's now working from home. I've started this business from home. And oh, by the way, home is a 600 square foot studio apartment, which means our only escape from each other is when someone uses the restroom, which was also the laundry room, which was also our closet, which also doubled as my office, right? So there's no escape from each other. The world is on fire and I'm thinking, God, I felt like I've completely followed this path and this plan in your will, but what the heck? This doesn't seem right. This doesn't feel right. And so that's my theme for my message today. It's called the courage to see the big picture. Turn to the person next to you and say big picture. The courage to see the big picture. And it comes from John 11. So if you're familiar with John 11, or if you aren't, let me set it up for you. It's a story from the life of Jesus. It's a miracle that he performs of resurrection of Lazarus, a friend of his named Lazarus. And resurrection is powerful and it's supernatural. And we could spend a whole sermon series, a few weeks on just the power and the miracle of resurrection. Uh, but we're not gonna do that because what the story is also about, it's about the human experience of waiting on the miracle, the human experience of waiting on the miracle. And that's what I wanna focus on today, how those around Jesus handled this miracle. And so this story is, is somewhat, is, it's got some length to it. It's not a short story, it's got some length to it. And we're gonna read it today, but don't worry because I'm gonna break it down. Like I know last night was New Year's Eve, so I'm gonna break it down for you. We're not gonna read the whole thing. I'm gonna read a little bit, then we'll break it down and then we'll read some more and we'll talk about it, okay? So we're gonna start John chapter 11, Verse one, we'll start at the beginning there. It says this, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord, Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Verse three, so the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Okay, pause. So here's what we know so far. Jesus loves Lazarus. Lazarus. In that last verse there, verse three, it said, the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love, that's Lazarus, is ill. So he's a dear friend to Jesus. And in fact, 
this whole family, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, they are all close with Jesus. Jesus loves them. They're very close. And so the first thing Mary and Martha do when their brother falls ill is text Jesus and like, hey, Jesus, Lazarus, your friend, our brother, he is sick and we need you to come over here and help him out. Okay, let's pick it up. Here we go. Verse four now. Verse four, but when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. So pause again. Okay, we've got two chunks here of scripture. And so Jesus knows that Lazarus isn't going to die. He said it, right? This illness does not lead to death. So Jesus knows that his friend is not gonna die, but instead the sickness in his life, this low point, this affliction, the situation that seems oh so unsurmountable will instead be used to glorify God. So he gives it a couple of days. He's like, he's just sick. It's gonna be okay. We're not gonna go right away. We're gonna give it a couple days. They spent two more days in the same place they were before they heard that Lazarus was was sick. And so if you're thinking ahead, right, if the wheels are turning and you're starting to piece this together, you realize that Mary and Martha sent a messenger to Jesus to say, hey, Jesus, we need you to come and heal our brother Lazarus. But instead, what they get in return is the messenger coming back and saying, uh, he didn't come with me. I'm empty handed. Jesus, he, he's staying in that place. And so has that ever happened to you? Have you got something so important, so urgent, you're praying about it, you're asking God to help you through it. You've got something that has a deadline, no pun intended, because Lazarus is dying here. That was a joke that I'll uh, edit out for second service. And so now God hears you, you feel like God hears you, but he hasn't shown up yet. He hears you, but he hasn't shown up yet. So if you can relate to that feeling, I want you to pay close attention to the rest of this story. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. Here we go. After saying these, these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking in sleep, taking rest in sleep. Verse 14, then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad that I am not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So I love this story. It has so many layers. So the first layer is this, Jesus is performing a miracle. Like that's the very first thing we realize here. Jesus is going to perform a miracle. But the second thing is that the disciples are learning a lesson because they're like, Jesus, we're not this guy's personal alarm clock. Like we don't need to go wake him up. If he's asleep, then he'll wake up. Like it's no big deal. We don't need to travel far away to go wake up your friend Lazarus. And Jesus is like, no, you dum-dums. This is to glorify God. Like, don't you get it? It's the whole reason why I'm, on, why I'm on earth. This is my mission. We're gonna glorify God through this. People are gonna repent and believe. And disciples, obviously you need some of that too. Okay, back to the story. Verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Say four days. 
So Jesus shows up just to find Lazarus has been dead already for four days. And so Mary and Martha thought he was just sick. Remember, they sent to Jesus and said, our brother is ill. But remember, this is Jesus's plan all along. He's not shocked to find out, oh, Lazarus has actually been dead for four days. That's no surprise to him. He knew that. This is his plan all along. Verse 19 says this, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So she's not thinking he's gonna rise again right in this moment, like be resurrected. She's thinking, yes, he'll, he'll rise again and be in heaven with Jesus, right? So that's what Mary's thinking. So she's thinking, you know what? Jesus is here to do a miracle, but Martha is thinking it's too late. Yeah, I know Jesus, he's gonna rise again. Uh, someday he's gonna be, he's, he's in heaven right now. I understand that, but like Martha can't see the bigger picture. Jesus didn't meet her timeline, obviously, right? Her brother is dead. So Jesus didn't meet her timeline. And so in her mind, it's over. She can't see past her circumstance to realize something extraordinary is about to happen. Let's go to verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. Verse 28, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. So can you imagine Mary sitting there and like her brother just died? Her friend didn't show up for her like Jesus was her friend. And, and so she's kind of disappointed in Jesus, but she's also grieving the death of her brother, Lazarus. And so she's got all this grief and this pain. And now Jesus shows up and she's getting lectured. Like, yes, Jesus, yes. I know it, like I've been there when I was in trouble many times as a kid and I'm like, yes, okay, I know. That's kind of, that's kind of Martha right here. Yes, Jesus, I know, I know. And then she goes to her sister and was like, all right, Mary, it's your turn. Like, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna stay in the house. It's your turn to go talk to Jesus and hear what he has to say. They're a little disappointed and they're grieving the death of their brother. Verse 32 now, when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him and she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Does this sound familiar? That's literally what her sister just said. Like, I, they're not twins, but my goodness, they sure act like it. Like they are saying the exact same response. And, and it's a response that a lot of us had had, have, have had in the past too, right? This is the exact same response as her sister. And it's a response that a lot of us have at times with Jesus too. Like, Jesus, if you would have, have, have come through for me on that promotion, then my finances wouldn't be in shambles. Or, or Jesus, if you would have salvaged that relationship, then I wouldn't be alone, alone right now. Or Jesus, if you would have just shown up for me a little bit earlier, I wouldn't have to go through this and, and be in this horrible situation. 
But it's in those moments that we have to step back and have the courage to see the bigger picture. Martha and Mary believed in Jesus. They believed in the resurrection, right? They, they even believed in resurrection because Martha just said it back in first, verse 27. But instead of saying, okay, Jesus, like, I know, I know it's not working out like we thought it was gonna work out. I, I know you're, but I know you're perfect and, and, and your will is perfect and your timing is perfect. So, so what's the plan here? Like they could have just asked, hey, what's, what's the play? I, I, we, we thought you were gonna heal him, but now he's dead. What's the plan here, Jesus? That could have been their outlook, but instead they're like, you know what? It, I, I, I just don't see what's gonna happen here. He's already dead. He's already dead. What's, what's the plan here? There's no plan. It's over. You didn't meet our expectations. Thanks a lot, Jesus. We thought you were going to do this and you didn't come through. And now I'm mad at you. So let me ask you this. Where are you being a Mary or a Martha in your life? Okay, back to the story. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. In verse 25, Jesus wept. So Jesus shows his humanity here, right? Remember, he's fully God, fully man, and he's showing his humanity in these moments. Lazarus was a friend. He was a dear friend. Lazarus literally means uh, uh, the one who God helps. And so he loved Mary and Martha. He loved this whole family. He was close to all of them. And so to see his friend dead, Lazarus, and to see Mary and Martha weeping, it struck something in him. And Jesus wept too. Verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead for four days. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out his hands and feet bound in linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So there's something interesting for us to consider. Jesus could have healed Lazarus from afar. Like when Mary and Martha sent a messenger to say, hey, your friend is sick, Jesus in an instant from, from afar, from a two days journey, could have healed Lazarus instantly. There's a precedence for that in Matthew uh, chapter eight, where a centurion soldier comes and say, hey, hey, Jesus, my, my servant who is, who is far away is laying sick in bed and Jesus healed him right in that instant. So there's a precedence for that. And he could have healed him. Notice I'm saying healed and not resurrected him before he died because, because they told him that Lazarus was sick, not dead. Can you imagine though, how frustrated Mary and Martha 
must be, like their faith must be at an all-time frustration level. Anybody ever been there? Like you have faith, but it's a frustrated faith. That's where Mary and Martha must be at this moment because they're like, Jesus, you could have raised our brother from where you were. Like if you were just gonna let him die and then come here, why couldn't you have just done it where you were? Like, thank you. Uh, uh, thanks for coming and healing our brother and raising him up. That's amazing. But um, bro, you, why'd you just, you just came here and said, Lazarus, get up. You could have done that from anywhere, but you had to come here and do it. Couldn't you have done that five days ago when he was still alive? Like, why do we have to go through all this grieving and suffering? Why do we have to experience this awful situation? And oh my goodness, can you imagine the roller coaster of emotions Lazarus must be feeling? The dude was just in heaven. And now he's in a cave, stinky, bound up. Like, what in the world? That is wild. Like he was really going through it. He had been chilling in heaven for the past four days and then zap, he's back on earth bound in a tomb. Uh, Jesus, I, I know that we're friends and all, but like, bro, I was kind of enjoying eternal life beyond the pearly gates. Like it was all good. You didn't have to bring me back. But here's the bigger picture. All of this had to happen. Say had. All of this had to happen. John wrote it in this way to show the humanity of Jesus. So remember back in verse two, it referenced the Mary that they had come to know from the other gospels. I'll read it to you again. This is one of, this was the second verse we read today, John chapter 11, verse two. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Jesus wept which pointed out that he cared. He was connected to this family. They were in small group together. They were doing life together. They were intertwined. And so to see his friend Mary, who had, had put oil and wiped his feet with her hair, to see his close friend, his heart was touched and he was deeply moved. And Jesus also had to show us his ability to go beyond tradition. So in that time, Jews believed that the, the spirit of, of someone when they died would actually hang around for three days. And three days is important, okay? So someone would die and the spirit would actually hang around the deceased person for, for three days after death. And it was well known that, that 2,000 years ago, someone deceased could come back to life within that three-day period, but not after. And the other resurrections that Jesus performed, because this wasn't his first one, they, they all happened quickly. Like the person died and then he raised them back up. He resurrected them. It, it didn't take place. This was the only one that took place four days later. So the fact that Jesus raised Lazarus after four days is significant. On the fourth day, the spirit would have left the body and there was no hope for life without a miracle. And also uh, on that fourth day, by that fourth day in that hot climate that they were in, the body would have been destroyed, like advanced decay. And there would have been an overwhelming stench coming from the tomb. Like this dude would have been smelling like, like some, some vegan leftovers that you accidentally left in your, I know there are no vegans here today, but, but if you would have left that lunch in your windshield and then gone back to work and forgot about it and then opened that car door on a hot day, like I, if you're a vegan, I love you, but man, just pick something less smelly or something. 
Seriously though, when Jesus called Lazarus to life from the dead and healed his rotted corpse, his nasty, stinky corpse, people knew that he was the true Messiah, performing genuine miracles as the prophets had foretold. And so here's something else. Jesus also had to set his own resurrection in, most, in motion. This is the only miracle written that foreshadows Jesus's own miracle, his own resurrection. By giving Lazarus life, he gives his own away. Jesus lays his life down for a friend. So we have to have the courage to see the bigger picture because if we don't, we're missing the whole point that Jesus died for our sins so that we may have life. And here's what Jesus didn't do, right? He didn't complain that his time had come. Like this foreshadows his own resurrection, his own death, his own turmoil. And so he could have easily complained like, oh no, this means my time's up. This means I'm about to be ridiculed and executed. He didn't do that. He didn't call something that was final, uh, final. Like it wasn't final. He said he was ill. Everybody else said he was dead. And he said, no, he's just sleeping. He's ill because he was speaking to it in a spiritual perspective. And Jesus also didn't take the easy way out. He could have worked that miracle from afar. We already talked about that, right? He could have done it from where he was originally. He didn't have to travel over two days to get to Lazarus but he didn't work the miracle from a distance. He didn't take the easy way out. Once Lazarus had died, Mary and Martha could have sent word back to Jesus. So Lazarus could have died. They could have sent word back to Jesus and say, hey, you know what, Jesus, um, he's already dead. This situation is final. There's no point in coming now. And I guess, I mean, if you wanna come to the funeral and have funeral potatoes, go ahead. You can come, but like there's nothing you can do. He's already dead, it's final. They could have kept Jesus at a distance and then this amazing, powerful, supernatural miracle may never have happened. So let me ask you this, how close will you let Jesus come into your life, into your situation? I'm closing with this. What have you been so busy mourning that you've missed the why Jesus hasn't shown up in your life? I go back to that story I shared with you at the beginning, right? Back in 2018 through 2019, and I posed this question to you. Have you ever felt like your plans are in sync with God, but God's not in sync with you? God has been so good to my family, so good to my family. Every step of the way, he's, he's had our back and he's done amazing things for us. And I, by no means, am perfect. I am a sinner. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. But he has been so good and has had his hand on me every single step of the way. But I've definitely spent more times than I'd like to admit being Mary and Martha over the last two years. I've experienced ups and downs. I've experienced financial loss and gain. I've experienced uh, you know, loved ones passing away and, and grieved that situation all happening over the last two years. And I've spent some time, too much time wondering, Jesus, when are you going to show up? But I'm declaring to you right now that in 2023, I will have the courage through Jesus to see the bigger picture, 
And that's my prayer for all of you today too, that in 2023, you will have the courage to see the bigger picture. No matter what's going on, if you're bringing it with you from 2022, like the, the ball drops, the clock stops midnight, and that's not a reset, right? Everything that was going on in 2022 may be still with you today in 2023. There are gonna be ups and downs and, and all that over this year. I hope it's a perfect year for you. And if it is, I'm, a little, I'm sinning with jealousy because I don't think a perfect year exists. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna have ups and downs. It's gonna be great at times too. And I hope it's more great than not, but I hope it, no matter what, you have the courage to see the bigger picture. What situations have you written off as dead? Is God waiting for you to worship him again so that he can show himself mighty to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers? Have faith in the waiting. Sit with Jesus a minute. Sit with him. Jesus is life and life and death cannot coexist in the same space together. And so if it's supposed to live, it will live. You are a part of the bigger picture for somebody else too. God wants to show himself mighty in you, but he also wants to show himself mighty through you. Like this miracle, it obviously impacts Lazarus. It obviously impacts Mary and Martha. Like they're happy about it. They're happy that their brother was resurrected is now with them again. But that's not the main point of the story. The main point of the story isn't about them. It's about those around them watching what Jesus was doing in their lives and how they responded. God working through your frustration is about increasing faith in those who want to follow him. When we read it back in John chapter 11, verses 41 through 42, I'm gonna read it to you again. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. I want you to have the courage this year to see the bigger picture. Jesus loves you and he wants to do amazing things in your life and through you. And I know I said it earlier, but at the 930 service on New Year's Day, this is a service of believers. This is a service mostly made up of people who are ready to, to give their life to Jesus and to live 2023 on fire for him, centered around him. And so I want you to know that there are going to be big things coming for you. God can do anything you've been praying about, anything you've been asking him for, God can show up for you. But I want you to also see the bigger picture and realize that he's showing up for you, but he's also showing up to show the people around you what he's doing in your life so that they may know him. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.